The LA Kings continue their winning ways while not at their best. We'll talk about and break down a win over the Sharks. Quentin Byfield had a big night. Well, let's get him going. Gabe Velarde's career year continues, and Phoenix Copley just keeps on winning. Plus, did you see his special celebration? We'll talk about all that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. And we are at 1,108 subscribers, which means we've already hit our goal of 1,100 by the end of this month. We're not even halfway through the month. So thank you to all that have taken the time to subscribe this month and previously as well um so the streak continues we have had at least 100 new subscribers to locked on la kings on the youtube channel uh since the season started so that is awesome thank you guys so much really appreciate it i'm eddie garcia your host of locked on la kings i've worked in sports media for almost 30 years 20 plus years at the fox sports radio network i'm also co-host of the puck podcast it's a weekly nhl review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and of course a passionate la kings fan the past 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. They say that good teams find ways to win when they aren't at their best. Well, the Kings were definitely not at their best last night, but they still found a way to post a 4 3 win over the San Jose Sharks. We're going to give you a quick recap of the game and my thoughts on some of the performances by some of the players. But uh, first, I want to talk about the lineup last night. It was affected a bit due to a non-COVID-related illness to Kings forward Victor Arvidsson. So he was out of the lineup, and that meant that uh, they had to obviously fill his slot on the second line. They did that with Jarrett Anderson Dolan. Uh, he moved up from the fourth line, playing alongside uh, Philip Deneau and Alex Iafalo. And that meant that Carl Grundstrom would draw into the lineup, playing on the fourth line with Rasmus Kupari and Brendan Lemieux. As I said on yesterday's show, I thought last night would have been a good spot to get Jonathan Quick back in net, um, but that didn't happen. Todd McCollum decided to keep Phoenix Copley in there. Doesn't want to, uh, but what is it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, also, I thought this was a good spot to get Alex Edler a rest, the veteran defenseman, something that Todd McCollum has talked about, and to get Jordan Spence into the lineup and get some playing time, but that didn't happen either. So uh, Todd McClellan obviously had other ideas in mind than than me, and I don't coach the team. So there you go. Um, not sure when we're going to see Quick and Net again, but LA does have back-to-back road games coming up next Saturday in Nashville, and then the following day on Sunday in Chicago. I would expect to see Quickie and Net for one of those games, if not sooner. Um, we're going to talk more about the Kings' upcoming schedule in a moment, but back to last night's game. The Kings looked great the start. They controlled the pace. They didn't let San Jose get any sustained time in the Kings end. Uh, they had some solid scoring chances um, other than, um, you know, some, a couple of early shots on goal for San Jose, but Phoenix Copley pretty much, I would say the back third of the first period didn't have much work. Uh, it was, it was all James Reimer in net for the Sharks. He did have a very busy first period as the Kings outshot San Jose 22 to eight in that opening period, um, and Reimer credit him that it wasn't worse than one nothing after one. The Kings, though, do get the lead. The lone goal coming from Adrian Kempe 
his team leading 18th of the season. A nice feed from Quinton Byfield, who did finally get that primary assist on a goal that we kind of talked about earlier in the week. Uh, unfortunately for L.A., they did hurt themselves and let San Jose get back in the game in the second period with Phoenix Copley making a rare blunder in net. Um, his biggest mistake or faux pas uh, so far as a Kings netminder. Pretty routine shot on goal. Uh, the puck would pop out of his glove, and he very casually uh, tried to swipe the puck away from the front of the net, and he didn't really get much of his stick on the puck, just a little tiny bit of it. He kind of partially fanned on it, uh, and San Jose's Nick Benino jumped on the puck, put a backhand through Copley's legs uh, easily, and tied up the game at 1-1. That was an embarrassing moment, frankly, for, for Phoenix Copley. As I said, he was pretty casual with how he played that, um, and it came back to bite him. It seemed to also give San Jose a little mojo and confidence for the rest of the game as it was a much more competitive game after that point than it was in the first period. Still, L.A. would reclaim the lead on Quinton Byfield's first goal of the season. Defenseman Mikey Anderson would put a wrist shot towards the net from the point, and Byfield was in the high slot and deflected it in the net to make it 2-1 L.A. The Kings would uh, hold that lead going into the third thanks to an amazing effort from defenseman Sean Walker, who honestly had the save of the night. Um, a shot was put on net, and it was starting to trickle over the goal line when he literally put his skate in between the puck and the goal line, saving a goal. He was also able to help keep um, the puck there while the Sharks were, you know, feeding frenzy, as you would expect with a loose puck in the net or in the crease. Uh, they were trying to crash the net, get in there, but he kept his skate in front of that puck somehow, wasn't pushed into the net, and that gave Phoenix Copley enough, enough time to cover it up and uh, save a goal. Phenomenal play by Sean Walker in that one. In the third period, both teams had some great A chances, uh, none better than the Kings 2-on-0 with Alex Iafalo and Philip Deneau, but Iafalo took the puck to the net, and James Reimer ended up making the save. Uh, the Sharks would tie up the game on the power play. Uh, however, um, this was, that was after a Sean Walker hooking penalty, but the Kings would get the lead back shortly thereafter on a deflection by Gabe Bellardi off a Sean Dersey point shot that made it three to two, uh, similar to the Byfield goal for, for, for Bellardi. Um, that's Gabe's 17th of the season, by the way, second on the team. And then Drew Doughty would score what would end up being the game winner less than a minute after that. The Kings found themselves on a two on one Philip Deneau with the puck. He saw Drew Doughty was hustling on the play, trailing the play gave the pass back to him. Drew had time and space to pick a corner, and that's absolutely what he did to get his third goal of the season on a beautiful wrist shot. Great vision by Deneau, and, and great to see, kind of like in basketball, you reward your big man for running the floor. At least they used to have big men in basketball. They kind of don't anymore. But anyway, uh, that was that was nice to see, uh, you know, rewarding your defenseman for jumping up in the play, and uh, that's exactly what Philip Deneau did with Drew Doughty. Again, that would be the game-winning goal, as the Sharks did add a, a goal late, um, with about three minutes to go, uh, they did pull pull their goalie for the extra attacker, but the Kings would not let them get any closer. And L.A. skates off with the 4-3 victory to improve to 3-0 against the Sharks this season. And unless there's a flat-out miracle and the Sharks somehow make the playoffs, the Kings will not play the Sharks again this season. That's it. They've played them three times. They've won all three, and they won't play them again. I don't get the scheduling, frankly, in the NHL this year. That shouldn't happen. You should always play at your division opponents at least once in the second half of the season, but that is not the case. We will not see the San Jose Sharks again this season. The Kings, again, sweeping the season series from San Jose, taking all three games. Now, again, the Kings uh, did not play their best game of the season, but 
got the job done to improve to 25, 14, and 6 for 56 points. The Kings, as it stands right now, are tied in points with the Vegas Golden Knights for first place in the Pacific Division. However, Vegas does have three games in hand on the Kings, so they do have a higher point percentage at this point. But still, the Kings obviously making a run at the division lead. Kings have won 10 of their last 13 uh, since that Boston win. Uh, the Kings have posted a 10-2-1 record. Phoenix Copley allowed three goals on 30 shots. And other than that one misplay on the Sharks' first goal, um, he had a pretty solid game. Uh, he's now 12-2 and as an L.A. King. Uh, somewhat surprising that the Kings' special teams didn't play much of a factor in the win, considering how great they were in the previous game against the Oilers. But the Kings were over 2 with the man advantage against the Sharks, and they did allow... Uh, one San Jose power play goal on two chances. Uh, up next, the Kings will play host to the New Jersey Devils on Saturday. But we got to talk a lot more about this win by the LA Kings. Again, not their best effort, but good teams find ways to win when they're not at their best. And we have to talk about Quentin Byfield, Gabe Velarde, and Phoenix Copley. But first, I need to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and college league out there from football to basketball. Uh, we've got uh, esports as well, if you're into that. Uh, they've got that all covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so uh, we'll start off real quick um, about the lineup changes um, because of Victor Arvidsson being ill. Um, both Jarrett Anderson Dolan and Carl Grundstrom were no, not really factors in this game at all. Not that you would expect them to be, but you know when you have lineup changes, you want to know how it worked out. Um, you know They played fine. Um, there were a couple of times where I thought Jad, uh, no, we're not calling him Jad. We're calling him J A D. Sorry. I got that confused. Uh, I'm calling him J A D. So others are calling him Jad, but anyway, Jared Anderson Dolan, uh, the, there were a couple of times he did a nice job using his speed on the four jack. Uh, but for the most part, um, you know, not really a factor in this one. He played 16 minutes and 40 seconds, no points. He was credited with two shots and had one block shot. As for Carl Grundstrom, he ended up playing eight minutes and 53 seconds, no points and was credited with two hits uh got to talk about quentin byfield um he has been somewhat of a polarizing player for the kings at least amongst some uh we talked about it a bit on a previous show this week and uh i i don't know if his performance last night is going to quiet his major critics i'm sure they're going to say oh yeah well do it again that was okay but you got to be consistent and understand that but i think last night's game was quentin byfield's best game as an la king now granted he hasn't played a ton of games but it was his first NHL career multi-point game, had a primary assist on Kempe's goal and made a nice play on that play where he went around the back of the net, used his size and his reach to make a nice feed out in front to Kempe. And he also had that nice deflection for his first goal of the season with the Kings. And uh, I have said, I'm, I'm not sure about Byfield playing on the wing. I think I'd rather see him playing at center, but regardless of where he plays, it was great to see him have a big game and directly contribute to a Kings win. He was named the number one star of the game for what that's worth. Um, and hopefully this will give him some confidence to spark him, to get him going. Um, you know, it certainly couldn't hurt. Um, and, you know, you've got to be uh, a consistent player if you're going to be a solid contributor at the NHL level. It's not just, you know, contributing once a week or 
once every other week. You need, you know, it needs to be pretty much on a night in, night out basis to be a really uh, player of significance, right? And he's not there yet. We've talked about it. He's still very young, still has not played a full 82 games at the NHL level yet. And so people like me are willing to give him more time. Um, but I, I thought it was a, like I said, I think it's his best game as an LA King. That's certainly encouraging. We'll see if he can keep it going, not just be a, a, a sometimes contributor, but a solid contributor. And I thought it was a, a decent first step for Quentin Byfield in uh, that game against the Sharks. Great game for Quentin Byfield and, and very positive to see. Hopefully he can keep that going forward. Uh, it remains to be seen if Quentin Byfield is going to be one of those players that you didn't count on at the beginning of the year, but end up having a big year. Um, but that player has been Gabe Velarde. Uh, he continues his fantastic season. We talked about it at the beginning of the year, going into this season. Adrian Kempe, Philip Deneau, Trevor Moore, Kevin Fiala all had career numbers last year. Could they at least get close to those numbers again? And so far, the answer to that question has been, thankfully, yes. Um, but we were wondering who would be, if there would be, a player that, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but did something unexpected. Well, Phoenix Copley certainly is on that list, but Gabe Velarde is there as well. Uh, 17 goals on the season and 30 points so far. His previous career high for goals in a season was 10. So we're just past the halfway point of this year, and he's almost already doubled that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, this is obviously a huge, huge career year for Gabe Velarde. Uh, we think he's going to get around 30 goals, and that's absolutely fantastic. That production coming from uh, somewhat of an unexpected source is been a big reason why the Kings have done what they've done so far. We've talked about it with Jim Fox. The balance of this team is something that is a huge asset for them going forward. They're not just relying on one line or two lines. They're relying on a you know really a top nine, to be honest with you. And the fourth line isn't really contributing much, but the top three lines are all having a hand in what the Kings are doing. And that's what championship teams do. You've got to have at least three lines that contribute. If you're going to be uh, a championship team, look at Tampa Bay, look at Colorado. Those teams have had that. And that's what the Kings will need to have going forward. Of course, that was kind of getting overshadowed earlier in the year by the subpar goaltending and the poor defense, but that has been straightened out of, of late. And we have seen the results, but Gabe Velarde, um, Great year for him so far and just keeps getting better. We've talked about it before. Jim Fox mentioned it on this show, and I agree with him. It's great to see Gabe Velarde uh, enjoying, uh, you know, uh, playing the game of hockey right now. I don't know that he enjoyed it the last few years, and certainly there were certain factors that led into that. But he's having a great, great season. He's been a major contributor to the Kings this year. And, oh, by the way, he's putting himself in a position for a major raise next season. Um, I usually don't like to look ahead too much into – you know, the next season while we're in a season, um, usually save that for the offseason. But it is worth pointing out, Gabe Velarde is again going to be a restricted free agent after this year. He does have arbitration rights, um, so he is going to get paid more money next year. Um, but he is under team control as a restricted free agent, so that's good. Um, but we'll see how it goes. That it's it's going to be uh, there's going to be some money freed up uh, next season. The Kings currently have four unrestricted free agents on their roster. And I think three of them are going to be gone. Um, Brendan Lemieux, I think will be gone. Uh, Alex Edler, I think will be gone. And I think Jonathan Quick will probably be gone as well, unless he does something to give the team a huge hometown discount, at least how it, sta how it stands at the moment. But uh, Gabe Velarde with his performance uh, will have well-earned 
uh, a pay raise next season and uh, we'll probably get a, a decent size raise if not next season then in the near future with what he is doing um, the other unrestricted free agent by the way is Phoenix Copley uh, speaking of him uh, I mentioned that he had a pretty big goof last night in a misplay of the puck um, twice basically that led to the shark first goal and kind of got him going a little bit to his credit you would never have known that he made a big embarrassing frankly uh mistake um and i thought he handled it like a pro um i've never played in net i uh, don't think i ever want to but um that position requires you to be obviously very mentally tough uh and it's about the next save it's about the next shot and once you let in a goal you got to turn the page and forget it put it behind you and move forward and i thought phoenix absolutely did that um you would never have known that he had an embarrassing moment that led to a goal based on the way he played after that Strong game, solid play in net uh, after that point. Um, and this is a guy I think it probably should be pointed out that is certainly not uh, a, a rookie in any sense. Uh, he clearly hasn't played a full season at the NHL level yet. I think he's got to be approaching that somewhere around 80 games in his career. But he still hasn't done that. But he has played over 200 games professionally. He you know, has been a, a guy who has been in the minor leagues, uh, specifically in the AHL. For a number of years, so this is not a young goalie, all right, who's come onto the scene. Yeah, he's young in the sense of NHL experience, but again, I think he's turning 31 here uh, in the near future. So that he is a veteran guy who is now, you know, getting major NHL experience. But again, I thought the way he handled that embarrassing uh, moment on national TV, by the way, um, says a lot about him and uh, a lot about his mental makeup and. You know, you talk about pressure, and obviously all goaltenders have pressure on them. It's it's the most important position on a hockey team. There's no question about that. And the way Phoenix Copley has handled it, we talked about just how he handled that moment, but I think that kind of gives you maybe a window into how he has handled this whole situation. A guy who – there was no way anyone could have predicted he'd be in the position that he is in. And there's, there's something to be said, and we talked about it, on, I think, on last week's – we had some emails on last week's show about – Maybe he's just enjoying the moment. There's no pressure on him, and he's that's what helped him to play the way he has. But there, you also have to consider the fact that, I've said it before, this is likely his best opportunity to be a number one goalie for a contending team. Now, that that's not etched in stone. We don't know what the future holds, but he's got to believe this is his big opportunity, and not only a big opportunity to be a legitimate goaltender in the NHL but frankly from the business side of it like I said he's an unrestricted free agent after this year this is his chance to cash in financially and help secure his lifestyle going forward and we don't think much about that kind of thing but it's important obviously uh, if he can get a, a multi-year deal with the Kings or somebody else for several million dollars going forward that's that's a life change thing right <laughs> and so uh, there's pressure there to keep performing to ensure that after this year he can get a, a substantial payday going forward to secure the rest of his life. So there is pressure there. He's handling it well, and I get that no one expected this from him at this point, but uh, there is pressure there. Um, I think it's probably something, uh, you know, if you're an athlete that you try to put into the back of your mind as best you can, but there is that reality of it as well. Um, by the way, if you, I know there are some people that um, didn't watch the game because it wasn't televised locally 
Um, I know cord cutters and all that kind of stuff. Some people don't have TNT, um, which is the network it was on. Um, if you didn't see it, maybe you saw it on social media, but there was an awesome moment for Phoenix Copley, who uh, I guess kind of let his hair down a little bit after the game. Uh, Will Ferrell was at the game. I'm guessing you know who he is. Obviously, big Hollywood star and a Kings fan. And he was sitting on the glass down low, obviously had some nice seats. He was showed on the scoreboard. They showed him on the TV broadcast a few times. After the game, Phoenix Copley skates over to Will Ferrell and gives him the high five with his with his glove hand up against the glass, and Will Ferrell gave him it right back. Uh, and uh, that was awesome to see. Uh, and again, if you would have told Phoenix Copley, hey, um, this season you're going to be the Kings' number one goalie. You're going to have an amazing run, and uh, you're going to – you know, high five with Will Ferrell. I'm guessing he would have probably laughed and thought, yeah, what are you smoking? Um, but it's happening, you know, o- only in Hollywood, right? Uh, but that was a cool moment to see Phoenix Copley having some fun after the game and uh, and celebrating with Kings fan uh, Will Ferrell. I did mention that the game was televised nationally on TNT and just a quick gripe, and maybe I'm just being a homer here, but I was really disappointed to see that before the game, they had a sit-down interview with Sharks defenseman Eric Carlson. And I get it. Um, He is probably going to win the Norris Trophy this year. Maybe he even wins the Masterton as, like, comeback player of the year because he's had such an amazing year. And I don't know, maybe he is a huge piece moved at the trade deadline for a Sharks team that's looking to rebuild. Um, But, you know, the Kings are clearly uh, the better team going into this matchup. A great story in Phoenix Copley that they could have certainly done some sort of sit-down feature on. Um, maybe Kevin Fiala, who's an all-star, but uh, they didn't They didn't do that. They talked to, uh, they talked to a Sharks player um, on a team that is not really significant right now. So I, I thought that was kind of a bummer. Maybe I'm just being a homer there, but uh, I was a little bit surprised to see them feature a Sharks player before the game, although all due credit, Eric Carlson is having a phenomenal year. Uh, we are going to look ahead the LA Kings. We're going to look ahead to tomorrow's show. We're going to look ahead to the Kings upcoming schedule and look ahead to some possible lineup changes for the Kings. That's coming up in a moment. First, I need to remind you that today's episode is also brought to you by um, Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy refocus, aging ag1 contains one gram of sugar costs you less than three dollars a day it's just one scoop and a cup of water it's all you need no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make things easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network that's athleticgreens.com slash nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So looking at the schedule for the Kings going forward, they've got the New Jersey Devils coming up this Saturday. um, And then they've got four days off before hosting Dallas next Thursday. And then an extended road trip that includes the NHL all-star break mixed in. After that Dallas game on January 19th, the Kings won't be home again until February the 11th. That's almost a full month away from home. So if you're looking to get a Kings game in uh, before mid-February, you need to go see the Devils game this Saturday or the uh, Stars game uh, next Thursday. 
the Kings are only going to have three home games in the entire month of February. One of them will be the Justin Brown Jersey retirement night, so that'll be a big one. But uh, yeah, the Kings are going to be away from home for a while. So again, if you want to get out and see the boys uh, skate before they head out on this big road trip, then uh, you might want to get out there uh, soon. Uh, also uh, going to be curious to see how the Kings handle the return of Trevor Moore and Arthur Kaliev. I do think that the Kings have missed Kaliev on the second power play unit. Moore, obviously a very important player all around as well. Uh, both of them have been out for a while um, with what we were told were minor injuries. Um, so I would expect to see them coming back relatively soon. I think the Kings, the way they've played lately, they've got the luxury of giving them extra time to heal up with whatever these injuries are. But uh, I would expect to see them both back probably soon before the Kings head out on this extended road trip. And it'll be interesting to see what the Kings decide to do with the lineup. I would expect to see Jarrett Anderson Dolan sent to Ontario. Maybe Rasmus Kupari as well, um, since he's still waiver eligible. I don't see Quentin Byfield going back to the AHL, but that remains to be seen. But uh, there are some decisions to be made for the LA Kings as far as their roster as well. And by the way, the way they're playing, getting two key players back healthy, I mean, good sign for the Kings that uh, the depth they have and the health they've had so far this season has been has been a big part of their success. Coming up on tomorrow's show, it is a Feedback Friday. If you have anything you want to chime in on as far as what we've talked about this week or anything else, you can leave a comment on the YouTube episodes or you can send me an email. The email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. Looking forward to reading your uh, comments and your questions on tomorrow's show. Uh, If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, That'd be cool. Uh, we are at Locked on LA Kings. We're also on Instagram at Locked on LA Kings as well. Thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL Prospects, your daily prospect, or should say, should say your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Plus, they have NHL draft rankings and top prospects comparisons for every team. That is Locked on NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Have a great day, a great night, and as always, go Kings go.